And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. A lot to get to today. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. We had the State of the Union uh, last night. (laughs) State of the Union. It was good. It was a good speech by the president. Um, For those who want to know, the State of the Union is, uh, you know, pretty good from where I'm sitting. Um, So I'm going to break all that down. Uh, and I, oh, guys, some more blackface from uh, from from elected Democrats, and you don't want to miss uh, the latest uh, Democratic politician caught in blackface. And I will break all that down with my friend Alex Sears from Lone Conservative. It was a good chat. I think you guys really enjoy it. Uh, before that, I need to talk about my sponsors over at Premier Vapor. Uh, if you smoke and you want to quit, or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. All their stuff is fantastic. It's made at their state-of-the-art lab out in California. They have any kind of tank, mod, battery, coil, anything you need for for your vape setup, uh, they have. Check them out. They have uh, physical stores in Holland and Perrysburg, Ohio. If you're in the area, check them out in person. If not, go to premiervaporandlounge.com. That is Premier Vapor and Lounge. New studies that just came out last week said that uh, vaping helps people quit uh, twice as twice as fast as uh, stuff like uh, nicotine gum and and the patch and stuff like that. So yeah, vaping's the way to go if you want to quit smoking. Pick up a new cig and do it at Premier Vapor and Lounge. Com. Please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod if you haven't already, and please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd appreciate that. All right, so much to get to today. Here is my chat with Alex Sears. All right, guys, we're here with Alex Sears from Lone Conservative. Alec, uh, thanks for taking the time, my friend. Always good to be here. All right, so re- I originally brought you on to uh, recap the State of the Union, and we will get there. But first, I'm calling for a complete shutdown of the state of Virginia until we figure out what the hell is going on. Um, man. <laughs> so this news broke just like 10 minutes ago, right before we started the podcast. Uh, great timing for us. But now the uh, we talked about Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, with his blackface slash Klansman photo last week. And the uh, lieutenant governor, uh, Fairfax, has been credibly accused of sexual assault. And now the attorney general, who is third in command in the state of Virginia, has <laughs> came out and I guess just preemptively said, hey, guys, yeah, uh, I, I've uh, worn blackface, too, back in the 80s. So uh, what the hell is going on in, in your state of Virginia, Alec? Well, I got to say, it's not my state yet. I'm not officially a Virginian resident, even though I, I do live here. So none of this is my fault, I swear. Um, but yeah, the governor and lieutenant governor, um, well, the governor and the attorney general are both under fire for wearing blackface and then, and the lieutenant governor is, uh, has been accused of, uh, sexual assault. And, uh, so the top three people in the state of Virginia, the top three government officials are all, um, on the chopping block right now. And, uh, so far all of them are refusing to bud. 
much. So um, the line of succession for the governorship is the governor, lieutenant governor, and then the attorney general. And um, right now, all, all three of them could potentially be gone by you know the end of this week. Um, which which then is the, the next best week. part. Which is the best part. Because who's fourth in the line of succession? <laughs> fourth, fourth in the line of succession is the Speaker of the House of Virginia, who is currently a Republican. And why is he the Speaker of the House? He is the Speaker of the House because <laughs> the Republicans have a one-seat majority in the House. Uh, the Speaker of the House is Kirk Cox. And the and reason he, they have... Did he win his election? Technically, he did win his election, um, but the only reason he won his election is because of a coin toss, because they flipped a coin, because the election was tied, so they flipped a coin to see who won it, and Kirk Cox won. Yes! This is... Look, it's days like today, So Kirk Alec, Cox... They, it's days like today that really keep me going, man. It, these, mm-hmm. these days, really, it's, it's the fuel that I need. Kirk Cox is could become the governor in the next two weeks of Virginia thanks to a coin toss. They actually they actually pulled his name out of a hat. They did a hat drawing instead of a, a, a literal coin toss. But it's much more fun to say that you know I became governor of Virginia based on the flip of a coin. <laughs> uh, if you think you've seen the left triggered up till this point in the last few years, imagine. A Republican being appointed governor because the top three highest ranking politicians of the state were all forced to resign. Two for racist photos, one for sexual assault. And then the Republican Speaker of the House becomes governor uh, when it was literally a 50-50 chance. You know, that that spot was a it was a tie election and they picked a name out of a hat. And that's how he became governor of the state. Oh, my gosh. If that happens. I mean, look, season three of Trump has already been pretty lit, but <laughs> season three of Trump is, man, like, it might be the best season yet. It's absolutely phenomenal. And honestly, it's going to be like, it's it's going to get, you know, pretty bloody out there because I don't necessarily see any of these Democrats just stepping down, you know, and, and going away because they refuse to let any, you know, conservative take advantage of this kind of situation despite the fact that if it was a conservative and this situation if a conservative was you know being accused of sexual assault if a conservative was you know caught wearing blackface there would be a media heyday there would be riots in the streets like i mean people would be at their houses knocking on their door harassing their family this would be you know all out chaos god forbid if this ever happens to a republican but since it's a democrat Ah, there's been some media talking about it. It was on the front page of CNN. And not a single Dem in Congress has said a word about the Virginia Gov. Not a single word. They all haven't seen the news about it. Yeah, it's like they don't have televisions in Washington, D.C. It's hilarious. But I don't think or any of these people... <laughs> or a comms team. Or like an iPhone. Or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I don't think any of these people are going to resign, to be honest. Like you said, they all they want is power. But I think it's going to hurt the Democratic Party nationally, man. I mean, let's say the, the sexual assault allegation, which looks pretty credible to me, is certainly more credible than, um, you know, like the Brett Kavanaugh one or any of these others. 
And then these blackface photos. I mean, the Democratic Party is going to have to just come out and admit publicly, hey, yeah, we care more about power than integrity. I mean, they're, they're, they're putting mm-hmm. their, themselves on the record. Yeah, they should They should definitely all, all resign. Um, and they probably won't, but they should just save face, honestly, with the rest of the party. Um, and you're right, a lot of parallels are being drawn between, you know, the situation of Brett Kavanaugh. Um, however... Uh, well, with the yearbook and everything, it's just pretty ironic that, you know, the Democrats are now saying, oh, well, we shouldn't judge, you know, people by by their yearbook photos that might not even be them, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, you're right that the allegations are more credible. Um, and, you know, Gover- Governor Northam even said initially, you know, yes, I'm sorry that I appeared in this photo in my yearbook. And then the next day switched it and said, oh, I'm not even in <laughs> the photo. So, so there's, well, there's a lot of backtracking. There's a lot of, you know, trying to to cause confusion and all in a, it's all an attempt to to save their own butts. Well, and it, what's even worse is hearing the attorney general, he called on Northam to resign last week. Right. After the blackface photo. I mean, he said, you know, he's not fit for office, he needs to resign. Just the hypocrisy, knowing that you have your own blackface photo out there, you know, that people were going to find. It's like, how, how naive... It's, it's incredible. Just the lack of self-awareness or just, I don't know, some kind of... I, I, do you think it's not going to come out at this point? If you have a blackface photo out there, really? Like, I, how do you expect to keep these things secret? Like, it's it's just amazing how maybe just drunk on power these people are. I mean, they think they're invincible. I don't. I, I, do they have this, like, Superman complex or something? Like, it's just incredible to me. Well, you know what? It's kind of surprising. All of this is coming out now. Even though, you know, um, Northam was elected recently in a race against Ed Gillespie, who was doing Ed Gillespie's opposition research? Oh, who was on oh this? Gosh. Like, I know. Apparently, I, I've, done, I've worked on campaigns. Oh, I know. That's that might be the most offensive part to me. I've worked on campaigns and I've done a little bit of oppo research myself. Um, it's like, wow, guys. I mean, the worst campaign staff in the history of the world. I don't know, honestly. Uh, like. Because there were apparently there were rumors about this photo existing, and these rumors have been around for a while. So somebody knew about it, and I guess no one was either willing to share, or no one took the the time to do the legwork and go down and pull a, a yearbook from like the school library or anything. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, nobody you know interviewed uh, you know Ralph Northam's friends like, hey, you know anything going on you know in college like. You know, drank too many beers, smoked a little weed, blackface, you know, anything you want to tell us, you know? Like, yeah, uh, seriously. Nothing. I mean, they didn't even do their legwork. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, man, and it's, it's so crazy. It's just almost poetic that, you know, blackface is bringing down the Democratic Party in 2019. It's like blackface. I, I know a lot of white people, Alec. I'm sure you do, too. And I've been to a lot of parties. And I, I'm in, I'm in a, I've been drunk in most states of the union, like something like 45, 46 states with, with my band. And I, I've spent a lot of time down south. I've never seen someone in blackface. I've never met anybody that's worn blackface. Like, this is not something that happens. Like, this no. is not. And both of these instances were in the 1980s. And not that it would make one iota of difference, morally speaking. But, like, this wasn't the 20s, right? Like, this isn't like. There's no, you can't say, well, I didn't know I was doing something wrong, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Like, this is the 1980s, and both of these men were adults at the time, just right. dressing up in blackface. It's like, ah, who who behaves like this? Like, I don't, 
my my friends don't do this. Like this is not like this this shit does not happen. Like it's just oh, it, it's, Democrats it's just incredible. Behave like this. That's who. Uh, yes. Yes. Oh man. So before we move on to State of the Union, any other takes on on the dumpster fire that is the state of Virginia? I'm just really excited for our new Republican governor. Man, I, I really oh my gosh. Can you I mean if you if you think Twitter melts down on a daily basis, holy smokes. It's a good day. It's a good day to be on Twitter. <laughs> it's incredible. So last night uh, was the State of the Union. I really hate the State of the Union just in general. It's like it's weird. It's like the President of the United States is, you know, a glorified post office worker. He's not the emperor. So it's kind of weird this weird spectacle. I don't really like the grandeur behind all of it. But yeah, I watched it, you know, for you guys. You know, I watched it so you guys didn't have to. But it was a long speech. It was about an hour and a half long. Um, but it was a good speech. I actually think it was uh, probably President Trump's best speech since since taking office. Yeah, it was a very good speech. Um, it was, you know, he was pretty firm. He had some, you know, comedic moments. It was very graceful. Um, he didn't really try to stir the pot with anything too crazy. I think the craziest thing he said is, is that, you know, Democrats need to stop with the investigations um, which I took yeah, that as was the low, that that was the low moment in the speech. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if you I, t- I took that, that as to mean instead of instead of like the Russia investigation, which is nearing completion, we expect to be having a report soon. I think he was more meaning that now that the Democrats have the House, they're going to be subpoenaing everything possible in every single committee in order to. Um, damage the Trump White House and the future Trump 2020 campaign in any way they can. They're already threatening to subpoena his tax records and and anything they could possibly get a, their hands on. So I take uh, you know his statement last night in his speech to mean that like we don't need all these investigations into my White House. Leave us alone, which you know isn't going to stop the Democrats, but right. Um, I guess it gives everyone to rally to rally behind something to rally behind right right and uh there was there was a lot of other good moments um you know it was the speech was was definitely meant to be uplifting i think the the point of the of of the speech was kind of to box democrats into a corner by saying as little Mm -hmm. that they could actually agree uh, disagree with as possible um and obviously they still you know sat in their hands and scowled most of the time and stuff like that but there really it was a positive speech it was definitely meant to be unifying i mean trump is not you know a, a great unifier or anything like that but it was definitely meant to you know throw a little bit of red meat to the base but also give democrats not much to work with right yeah um so they definitely sat on their hands a lot they sat on their hands for minority unemployment Uh, even though even though when it came to female unemployment numbers they all stood up and cheered and patted themselves on the back for taking offices um which i thought was you know way to congratulate yourselves when you know the real you know story here is that there are hundreds of thousands of women who are now able to work you know um who are now working jobs for the first time uh, right, and that uh, was a very bad look for the that was a bad look for the Democrats too when they stood up and applauded yeah. themselves. I mean, they wouldn't mm-hmm. stand up and applaud, you know, the Holocaust survivor and the American soldier that was there that liberated the concentration camp. They wouldn't stand up for that, but they'll stand up for literally themselves, their own careers, <laughs> which mm-hmm. was oof. I mean, I feel like uh, you know they were kind of uh, outsmarted in that regard. I think they kind of took the bait. Yep. And if you want to know how many standing ovations there were, there were 75. I kept a running tally on Twitter last night. You can go and check it out. 
Um, but it was exhausting, and I hated every second of it. But I counted every single standing ovation. Um, I counted a standing ovation as long as I'm one, as long as you know, like ninety percent of one side of the room stood. I counted as a as a standing ovation. So there was seventy five in total, and uh, which really just padded the runtime. I think it was just absolutely. It was an hour and a half long speech. By the end of it, I was like, just. It felt like I'd run a marathon. It was awful. Um, it, it could have been a twenty-minute speech. Honestly, I'd be, yeah. Well, well, I'd be fine with going back to a letter, but you know, we need. Oh yeah. <laughs> gotta gotta get that free press. It's all about that that free press, and it's an hour and a half of free press that you know everyone's going to tune into. So, might as well keep going. It's a great you know start point for Trump to launch his twenty twenty campaign over. But I got to tell you, I was a little bit disappointed that the speech was was so civil. I. I'm honestly kind of looking forward to rally Trump, to campaign rally Trump. I'm I'm ready for some more one-liners. I'm ready for some more, uh, um, you know, because you'd be in jail moments. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to to seeing kind of Trump uh, when he can be, you know, it might not necessarily be his best, but it's certainly fun to watch. Right, so you you know, or you'd be in blackface kind of moments. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know what the next well, line is yeah. going to be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was very civil. Um, to the Democrats' credit, I almost expected them to go like full crazy and start like yelling out things during the speech, and they they kind of held it together better than I thought they would. And another another quick point before we get into some specifics: the last couple years, Joe Manchin from West Virginia is probably like my favorite part of the State of the Union. Just because he's the one Democrat that'll actually stand and cheer for everything. When, and he's just in the middle of the Democratic side and nobody else stands up. And he's just, like when they uh, when Trump said we're like the, the world's largest exporter of, of energy, which is crazy to think that, you know, we've made that much progress in the energy sector in the last few years. But, you know, obviously Joe Manchin, you know, the coal country guy gets up to stand. The uh-huh. entire other, rest of the Democrats are just glaring at him. Like, dude, we want to kill you so bad. Like, I thought they were just gonna literally rip Joe Manchin limb from limb right there on the on the House floor. Yeah, poor Joe Manchin. He really has to pander that base as hard as he can. Uh, not much else he can do there. No. So a couple of the the really good zingers. Um, the the part of the speech I love the most is Trump went hard after socialism. He called him out, mm-hmm. looked right at him. And said, America will never be a socialist country. And then the camera pans right to Bernie Sanders, and he just looks like Satan. Like, he's just like, he's like hunched over, his face is beet red, he's scowling, he looks like a gremlin or something. And that was just, oh my, give it just directly into my veins. Just more of that, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially with the situation in Venezuela as it is right now, uh, there's, you know, dueling presidents and one being a socialist, communist dictator, whatever you want to call him, and the other being, you know, uh, a pretty capitalist, free, free market, or at least limited government guy, um, someone who wants to actually fix the country. So, um, with with the climate in South America as it is right now, and you know, the Democrats are always saying, "Oh, like Venezuela is like, um, you know, great and all that stuff." It was phenomenal to watch Bernie's reaction and, and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's reaction. Um, because they're they're really just advocating for that exact kind of system here in America as much as they might protest. Still, it's not real socialism. Well, uh, right. That's you know that's the, the argument we've heard every time, and it was pretty it's, funny. It's really with, just with the, tiring. 
Right, right. With the with the with the socialism line though, it's funny that, you know, Nancy Pelosi had to kind of clap. Like she didn't stand up for that line, but she had to politely clap because, as the head of the Democratic Party, she can't just come out and say yes, we're the socialist party. You know, like they they do have to to win. You know, purple states. They can't just go full commie on us. So it was funny. I'm sure you know AOC and all the all the socialists in Congress were just wanted to kill Nancy Pelosi in that moment. But and then Trump finished the uh, the socialism rant with saying, you know, we were born free and we will remain free. And to see, you know, the the socialists in office and, and the, the Democrats, most of them didn't even stand up for that. I mean, they're like, uh-huh. they, they will not stand up and clap for freedom itself. You know, it's it's just, it is really incredible. I think, I mean, Trump and his speechwriters knew exactly what they were doing, and they, they really boxed the Dems into a corner. I think the Democrats came off looking really, really petty, and it just really bad, really, 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 mm-hmm. really bad. Yeah, I thought it was a very they're bad s- night for the Democrats. They're still so angry over 2016 and just having Donald Trump as president that their brand is resistance. And because their brand is resistance, they cannot agree with any sort of thing that Trump or, you know, any conservative really has their hands in. So if, you know, which has led them to be, you know, pretty anti America itself because you know when any you know Republican pretty much can just go out and say oh well I really want you know more jobs or you know higher pay or lower taxes the Democrats cannot go in and agree with them because (laughs) despite however much they like you know the policy ideas they're still a conservative. And so they must be, you know, shouted down and resisted against by all means necessary because that's what they've shoehorned themselves into doing. Right, which is which is also funny too because, and this goes not only for the Democratic Party but for the press as well, if they want to, like, you know, get Trump or beat Trump or take down Trump, all they have to do is be honest because they would at least have some credibility with the American people because Trump is not an ideologue. Like, he's not, like, a true red conservative or whatever. Like, his his big policy win, which is something I, I agreed with and advocated for, actually, and I, I split with a lot of people on the right over this, but uh, was the, the criminal justice reform that he got passed in mm-hmm. December. And a lot of the Democrats won't even give him credit for that, and that's their talking point. Like, that's, that is a left-wing talking point. Trump got it done. Obama didn't, and they still don't want—a lot of them don't want to give Trump credit for it, which is hilarious. It's like— all right, well, you you really don't have any credibility. Like, nobody's going to believe you at this point. Like, there's a few people like Van Jones over on CNN that praised Trump for it. But, like, the, a lot of the press, like, slammed Trump for it, even though that's something they've been advocating for for years. So it's like, you're right. I mean, just, they, I mean, hey, man, Trump should just take it to the nth degree. Just come out and just strongly condemn blackface and make uh, <laughs> make Virginia Democrats defend it. I, I really do think they'll say the opposite of whatever this, this president says. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that'd be great if Trump comes out and says, oh, blackface is bad, these people should resign. They'd be like, oh, but it's a freedom of speech. Either that or they'll say, <laughs> how dare our president, who has done you know, nothing for the black community, to say that blackface is, you know, is not okay. And then Trump can just respond with his, you know, the, the jobs numbers or, you know, what he's done for historically black universities. I, I just hope we, we see the day where the Democratic Party defends blackface once again. It'll, they'll come full circle. 
Full circle. I mean, just straight mm-hmm. up Democratic Party of the 50s and 60s. Beautiful thing to see. Anyway, uh, all right, one more point before I let you go, Alec. Um, the approval numbers from this speech were remarkable. Uh, a snap poll from CBS, this is you know CBS News, not Fox News, um, said that 76% of Americans approved of the speech, um, and that breakdown by party is 97% of Republicans, which isn't surprising, uh, 30% of Democrats, which is actually quite a bit higher than I would have guessed. You know, 30% of Dems approved of the speech. That's that's not nothing. And But the, the biggest statistic is 82% of independents. Now, that is really something. Like, that jumped off the page at me. 82% of independents approved of this speech. I mean, independents decide elections. And we talk a lot about, you know, the party enthusiasm, you know, the voter enthusiasm. Who's going to get out the vote for their base? Yeah, that sometimes that can decide an election. But by and large, the independent vote, how that vote swings decides elections. And I'm not saying the State of the Union. I mean, it's just one day. It's a moment in time. I don't know if it's going to help Trump that much in the long term. But when he gives a reasonable, gracious, all-American, positive kind of speech like this, and 82% of independents agree with it or approve of it, I think that's really something. I, I, I think that we've kind of the doom and gloom. You know, Trump lost the suburban women. He lost the independents. I think he can definitely win them back. I think that's possible. Um, definitely. We'll see how the next two years pan out. Uh, I'm actually not terribly surprised by the 30% of Democrats liking the speech because while the Democrat politicians in office continually move further and further left, their base is not going with them. Um, they're, they're starting to split a little bit. Um, they're not you know, go, moving more, more moderate, but they're not moving further to the left despite, you know, small pockets of constituents who who are moving with the politicians like in New York and California, but elsewhere across the country, they're pretty much staying put. Um, so that means that the Democrats' constituents are breaking with the politicians on issues such as abortion and taxes and civility um, to the point where... E- where Blackface. Um, well, in blackface, and <laughs> there was a poll recently put out in January that um, 75% of the country wants abortion to be regulated to the first trimester, to the first three months of a pregnancy. Um, they don't you know, necessarily want to outlaw completely, but 75% of the country, which includes Democrats, want abortion to be limited to, to the first trimester which is right. really and I believe, really impressive I, I, numbers right and and yeah absolutely and i think that's actually uh swung those numbers have swung further to the pro pro-life side in the last uh, few years but I, I saw another poll um from reuters i believe that said uh 81 percent of the country wants abortions banned after the second trimester so we're talking you know with the, the democrats big push towards you know Partial birth abortion, post birth mm-hmm. abortion, abortion on demand. Yeah, a post birth, you know, fourth trimester abortion, mm-hmm. just murdering an infant. Yeah, that that's a very very tiny minority of the country actually agrees with that, and it's it's so strange. It's it's like, you know, I don't know. I have a theory that they they're worried about, you know, Roe v. Wade, um, being overturned, which literally there's the only justices that would actually vote to overturn Roe v. Wade would be Clarence Thomas. Maybe Neil Gorsuch, 
and that's it. I don't think Alito would. I definitely don't think um, Roberts or, or Kavanaugh would. So that's, that's not even like Democrats should, you know, calm their tits a little bit. That's not going to happen. But I think they're they're so afraid of that that they're. Do you think they're like intentionally just out kicking their coverage right now just to try to move the Overton window? Like they like they know they're insane, but they're trying to like desensitize the country to their insanity. Does that make any sense? Uh, I think that they're actually just running a little desperate. They're so freaked out because deep down they know how much the Trump administration has accomplished and how much has gotten done in the past two years. And they're scared as to what can happen in the next two. And, you know, one more justice on the Supreme Court will absolutely destroy the left if Trump gets it. And, you know, the appointments to to, you know, lower courts as well is just absolutely demolishing uh, their goals. So I think they're running scared and they, you know, picked a strategy that is not great, but they're sticking with it. And that strategy is to, while the country is going to be pushed, you know, towards freedom and towards, you know, conservative policy during the Trump administration, we're going to try and move it back to the left as far as we can and the way to do that is to be as radical as possible i think it's a bad strategy but that's what they're doing yeah i think you're probably right and i think that is a at least hopefully i think that's a horrible strategy that'll blow up in their face so before i let you go one more question have you ever dressed in blackface i have, have to not ask it have to ask it definitely not uh i dressed up as devil's triangle for halloween this year brett kavanaugh's drinking game i wore devil horns and i had a musical instrument of the triangle uh but definitely never any of the blackface please don't do that yeah it sounds like something somebody that wears blackface would say all right alec uh, where can everybody read your stuff and find you online and uh keep in touch with you and all that good stuff well you can find me on twitter at sears al and uh most of my writing is in lone conservative and uh, you can visit loneconservative.org or at lo conservative on twitter Everybody follow Alec. He's great. Everybody check out Lone Conservative. It's a great site. If you're uh, college age or even if you're old like me, it's still great. Uh, you don't have to be uh, in college to appreciate it. They have a lot of great writers over there. And uh, I'm sure I'll have Alec on again soon. It's always great talking to you, brother. Uh, I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Mm-hmm.